Hello and welcome to Normal Boring Free Birth for Normal Boring People. We are back. You might have noticed we've had a little bit of a break, we've taken a little bit of a breather, but we are back with some amazing free birth stories to share with you. But one of the reasons we've been away is I have been busy working on my free birth course, which I'll be launching on the 8th of August, so really, really soon. The course is called First Steps to Free Birth and it is exactly that. So maybe you're curious about free birth and you don't know where to start. Maybe you know you want a free birth, but you still don't know what you need to do. Maybe you want to give birth at home, but you want to be prepared just in case. I have made this course for you. The course is pre-recorded, you can do it in your own time, but there will be live Q&As so we can connect and you can ask questions about the modules. I am so excited to bring this to you. This is the course I wish was available when I was preparing for my free birth. So for further details, click on the link in the show notes and make sure you're signed up to my mailing list or check the link in my bio on at free to birth. Hi everyone, it's Leonie here. Are you preparing for free birth? Moving away from mainstream care? Do you have questions? I offer free birth consultations for you and your partner as well as birth workers as standalone sessions or a series to go deeper together. I can't offer legal or medical advice, but I can offer support around practical preparation, navigating services, exploring your why, airing your fears, plus any questions you may have as you prepare and a new thread to this free birth work. Are you interested in learning about free birth from the baby's perspective? Join me for my upcoming workshop plus integration session where we explore how elements of free birth and birth more generally may feel for the baby. The workshop is an exploration based on empathy and emotional intelligence and stemmed from hearing about my own son's experience of being born and his time in the womb. It blew my mind. You can find me on Instagram at birthwise.withleone for further information and bookings, or you can always drop me a DM if you'd like to know more. Today we hear from Chelsea Lee from Australia, and she shares with us her two births. The first, a pretty hectic ending roadside delivery, and then the second, a free birth breech baby amazing stories so many lessons to be learned from these stories i mean there were so many points where i was just thinking yeah women need to know about that yeah we need to talk about that more so sit back take it all in take some notes i don't know this was a really good one um so yeah enjoy chelsea lee's free birth story thank you so much for um inviting me and having me and um yeah i've been dying to speak with the both of you so thank you my name is chelsea lee i'm from rural south australia um, I am a mama of two beautiful little boys. Um, I was hairdressing for, uh, well, like, yeah, say eight years before I had my first son. And then I continued to work between my pregnancies. And, um, now I'm a stay at home mama <laughs> looking after my babies, trying to raise them as, um, yeah, close to my values as possible. It's very hard in the world that we live in. But, um, yeah, mm. part of that was is why I'm talking to you, beautiful ladies, obviously, because of the free birth journey. So, yes. Yeah. Mm. So two exciting. very different births, but, yeah. Um, yeah, two very beautiful births. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, re- I feel like 
didn't we meet each other virtually because I feel like you commented on something on one of my posts and I think you shared yeah. a little bit of your story and I was like oh my god that sounds amazing I have to get you on here <laughs> and and to be fair I think I have I've kind of forgotten some of these details but I'm very excited to hear about it because there's not much I know about this story and that's always really kind of thrilling because sometimes me and Leone know who we're having on a bit more than others but this I feel like I'm just here I've got my cup of tea I can't wait to hear about it thank you yeah thank you no worries it's a pleasure thanks for joining us so where do you want to start where feels good to begin Okay, let me think now. Um, I feel like I always write notes down, but then when it comes to speaking to somebody, I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> what has the past two years been about? Um, yeah, so um, I'll start back. So, okay, so I met my partner in January of 2020. Um, so it was right at the start of, you know, the world changing as it did for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I um, I was told when I was 20, um, I was told that I would not be able to conceive naturally, um, because apparently I had, um, chronic, um, polycystic ovary syndrome. So I, yeah, I was quite upset by that because I knew even at 20 years old that I wanted to have babies. I wanted to be a mom and I thought, okay, well, this will happen one day, I guess, but probably with a lot of treatment. So, um, and I was told that by a male um, general practitioner mm. just after some mm. ultrasound work. So there wasn't a lot of investigating that had actually been done. So, mm. and I didn't know any better, but obviously to just believe the information I'd been handed. So yeah, when I met my partner um, quite a few years later, I, um, yeah, we obviously weren't as careful as maybe we should have been if we weren't planning to have children <laughs> because I didn't think that it could happen, right? Mm, Naturally, yeah. I've been told this. So I'm like, okay. And I'd never had a pregnancy before. So um, I just thought, well, okay. But, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so uh, only about four months after meeting my partner, um, I went through a pretty traumatic event where I was sexually assaulted by someone who was quite dear to me at the time. Um, so yeah, that was really hard to work through. And then after, um, the investigation and stuff with the police, he actually took his own life when he was arrested. So, um, yeah, it was, that was, you know, the grief and then the, Mm. the working through trying to deal with the trauma and, you know, just that like break of trust and stuff. Um, and then a few months after that, I fell pregnant. (laughs) So it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And, and at the time it was like, okay, this life has gone and I've gone through this life event, which has been really horrific, but now I've Mm. got this little life, but we weren't planning on having children. So Mm. it was Mm. a really tricky situation to be in. um, So intense. Yeah. 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 So much going on. Yeah. It was a lot. So we, um, we actually went to our pregnancy release clinic uh, a few times to get some um, counselling on, you know, where our options were because we both, you know, we both weren't ready for children and we wanted to know what path, to, we wanted some help on what path to go down. But when I was around my 10-week mark, I just decided that, you know, there is no way that I can go through with that and mm-hmm. I didn't. 
I didn't want to carry life right now, but I also was told that I couldn't. So of course, obviously Mm. I could, but (laughs) I've been living this life for like four or five years and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. So at that point I was nearly 25. So still quite young, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) In your your lifespan. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It really is. Um, Yeah. So we had a lot of really hard and heavy discussions and um, I think it just cemented for me that like this was obviously meant to be and this is my little rainbow after a really long storm and um yeah yeah, so I continued the pregnancy and I um I got really sick with HG and I was um yeah (laughs) I was like oh what is this this is meant to be great oh my gosh my roller coaster yeah it's like this is happening (laughs) I was told it could never happen and now oh god I'm really sick (laughs) yeah and I was so sick I was prescribed of course when you you know you go through the um hospital um maternity care system I guess um some pharmaceutical drugs to help with the HG and Mm -hmm. I was put in hospital because those drugs didn't react with me very well and yeah Mm -hmm. so it was just quite a journey but um I got better eventually and um you know my partner and I worked through how we were going to navigate being a very new couple we'd known each other for eight months so it was you know very very soon I was only 25 (laughs) it was like wow what the heck um yeah and I think I'd gotten to maybe 20 weeks and I just knew that I I wanted to have this birth in my head that I, I couldn't articulate what I wanted and I couldn't understand it. I needed someone to help me pick it apart, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky that I had my younger sister um, who had birthed two beautiful babies at that point and she was mm-hmm. quite knowledgeable about like free birth and home birth midwives and oh, all wow. the things so that's yeah cool. she, yeah yeah unexpected. I was so handy <laughs> <laughs> very handy because I feel like it could have gone very differently if I didn't have her so very grateful that I've got her um it's just funny because I remember teaching her how to walk and then she's like helping me with my birthing journeys, oh, right? God. So it's just beautiful. Oh, full so circle. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. She's like quite a few years younger than me. So, oh. yeah, I'm so lucky oh. to have her. But anyway, so she put me kind of – I'm having this antenatal care and um, through a hospital because I'm rural, South Australia, um, the ho- closest hospital was an hour away. That's where I was having my um, – my antenatal care and I got continuity of care with a midwife so I had the same one okay um but yeah so I don't know it just as the journey went on and I you know was then open to like oh I wanted to have like a home birth midwife but there wasn't one in the area at the time and I Mm. couldn't hire one from the city because I couldn't afford it and Mm. um the hospital that I wanted to you know, birth that, I guess. They didn't have like water births and I was just like, oh, this this just isn't sitting well with me at all. Um, mm. And I remember my sister texting me, I think it was probably around 24 weeks and she just said, just free birth. And I'm thinking, <gasps> no, are you kidding? <laughs> just do it. <laughs> that is, no way. What the hell? Like, no, you can't do that. You can't give birth without a doctor. What are you crazy? So <laughs> Um, she put me onto her hypnobirthing, um, teacher and I connected with her. Um, I didn't pay for her services, but she just put me onto like some podcasts and some, uh, Facebook groups and some like Instagram pages and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I just like absorbed all of this, um, 
knowledge basically and I was like wow and I became like borderline crazily obsessed yes. <laughs> with, with free birth any of us do I was like this maniac and my partner probably got so sick of hearing it but it was just like okay oh, um I love that yeah, you're telling so this we- I love that you're telling this and there's going to be people listening to this going I know and that's me yeah I'm here listening to you and I'm also obsessed I did I became like crazy and I just thought oh my gosh um I never thought this would be like a topic that I would enjoy but yeah Mm. I was yeah like I said I was obsessed so um yeah I don't even know where to go from there really I um I've got to ask I think I knew quite yeah sorry I'm so I'm so sorry to interrupt I've kind of got to ask got to ask like why was your sister so switched on to free birth had she had home births herself no so funny story so she had her daughter quite young she was um I think it was a week after she turned 19 or a few weeks after she turned 19 okay so yeah she was very young she had a hospital birth with all the things you know the fentanyl the coach pushing Mm. you know the Mm. the ECG everything and um Mm. She really just knew that that wasn't okay for her. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. her next birth, that came along quite quickly after, and she was like chronic sickness with HG. Like we're mm-hmm. talking like ten months of just vomiting and oh. illness. Oh um, poor thing. <laughs> so she knew that, like you know, to get away from the pharmaceutical drugs and to have this more natural approach was definitely. Um, it came to her, and yeah. then she was, I think halfway through her next pregnancy, but she got diagnosed with a uh, heart condition. Okay. So even though she was so set on free birth, yeah. she got, I'm almost going to say she almost got gaslit into being talked out of free birthing because, oh, your, mm. you know, your heart could stop and you could die kind of thing. Mm. It wouldn't yeah, have. It's a big consideration, fine. isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Like, okay. Yeah, when there's something, you know, a physical concern or something that you feel like might actually change the situation, then it, it's difficult. It's hard. It's, it's a personal mm. decision, isn't it? But, yeah, it's amazing that I guess she took that knowledge and she just kind of almost passed you the torch and went, look, you know, I was really going to maybe do this, but it really sounds yeah. great. Here you go. <laughs> you know, like, off you <laughs> She did. She so did. She just <laughs> handed it right on over. Um, and I'm so glad she did because yeah. if she hadn't I I honestly don't know you know where I would be at with that journey so um the hospital were really kind of like pushing me to get a birth plan but I already knew in my head that I was going to birth at home so I had to write this I guess mock birth plan as if I was to birth at the hospital and I emailed it through and it got flagged and yeah I then had to have a meeting with you know, the obstetrician and the midwife. And um, then it went above that. It went then to a meeting of the head of midwifery and the hospital. Um, wow. Because in that birth plan, I'd stated that I didn't want, you know, cervical checks and right. any Doppler use of any okay. kind. And yeah. I didn't want to be told what to do. <laughs> there was to be no males in the room at all because I was yeah. still obviously quite, you know, I hadn't worked through the trauma of being assaulted yeah. yet and I just of didn't course. want any men in that area unless it was my partner of and course. I didn't want any gloved so hands. Yeah. I didn't want any gloved hands on my baby. You know, I didn't want anyone to, um, I guess, quote, unquote, catch the baby unless yeah. it was myself or my partner or my sister because I wanted her mm. to yeah. be at the birth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just, I don't know, I guess they can't 
like they don't cater for that no <laughs> you said no, they don't. <laughs> no. no no yeah um mm. and I've just found out recently that there were actually midwives in the hospital that were like but why can't she and they kind oh. of got told like oh no no you don't question that okay. yeah so mm. um an impossible yeah, situation isn't it really for it was, everybody it was yeah I went into that meeting like I made sure I was as knowledgeable as possible um I just wanted to back myself with facts I guess because as much as I knew within myself and within my spirit that that's what I wanted to do I also knew that I was in the belly of the beast and I had mm-hmm. to try and make make it sound like I knew as much as I, that I knew I did because otherwise they wouldn't take me seriously. And I feel like a lot of maidens, so like, you know, women who haven't birthed a child yet, they don't get taken seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm fighting an uphill battle with fire here. So I went away from that just feeling like, oh, okay, this is just like an impossible fight. And, um, yeah, I think I was like, I don't know, maybe 38, 39 weeks pregnant at that point. I'd already declined the um, GBS swab. Mm-hmm. I declined um, the, that, the glucose oh, test. test. Tolerance test, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the sugar test because I knew, I thought, if I do that, I'll faint. I've done that before, you know, mm. went, like years prior um, with other things. I thought, there's no way, like that can't be good for my baby. So I just said mm-hmm. no to that. Um, I said no to a lot of things and it really upset them. Um, towards the end, you're meant to have like weekly appointments. And I was just like, no, I know I'm okay. I can feel my baby kicking God, around. An hour away. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I worked an hour in the other direction. Oh, no. So I worked. So it was like a two hour gap from my work to this hospital. And yeah. I was just like, no. Um, one thing I did forget to mention, sorry, was that um, I'm not sure what they do in the UK, but at, at 12 weeks in Australia, you get the the blood tests when you're going through antenatal care they check for the down syndrome and all the things with the placenta and that yeah so when I had that they told me I had the pap a hormone and then that I would have a small baby or go into preterm labor right so I stressed for like seven weeks and then they sent me down to the city to have my 20-week scan and the obstetrician came out and said you've just wasted a three-hour drive because oh. your baby's absolutely okay. <laughs> so I stressed for so long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was just like yeah. a lot of just thought, oh, okay. Um, I was still trying to bounce around pretty, you know, happy through this whole time, but it was just like one thing oh. after another. Yes, yeah, hard. I feel like I was just being fired at constantly. Um, yeah, so I was meant to have another meeting um, after that last one that I spoke of, and in that meeting I was going to discharge myself from the care because it was getting too stressful Mm -hmm. and I was just you know I'd also declined a growth scan because I said my fundal height had slowed down and I was just like yeah I it was starting to really stress me more than it was benefiting Mm -hmm. myself and my baby so sounds really um, stressful yeah yeah so I was going in prepared to just discharge myself and say thank you but no thank you um another woman probably deserves my spot but this isn't for me um, but the night before I went to do that, um, we'd had a really busy day. We'd been um, doing a lot of housework. We'd gone for a run around the oval with our dogs and gone for driving, like done all this stuff. And then I laid in bed, <laughs> my partner and I laid in bed and I felt like I'd weed myself. <laughs> and it was my waters releasing and oh, I was wow. like, oh, I'm not going to that meeting tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness, this is a baby coming. Wow. So that was at 39 weeks and five because it was a lot, like 11.30 at night. So it was half an hour before, I guess, my 39 and six day, mm. if you want to believe in due dates. Yeah, yeah so, well, we don't, um, but yeah. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> I think, um, and honestly, looking back now, I just think that I'm, I'm quite a spiritual person. I believe that baby came because they were like, you don't have to go through that tomorrow, mum. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to come and then, you know, I'll be here so you don't have to go to your appointments anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, that, that, you know, that was their way of like saving me. So, um, yeah, so that goes into the birth. I guess if you yeah, want me to amazing. tell that first birth oh, story. Yeah. Yes, I'm, just, I'm hanging on every word. Absolutely. Just please continue. Amazing. This yeah. is my first birth. So, um, yeah, so contraction started basically straight away. And um, it was really funny because, you know, I'm like leaking all these like sacred fluids all over like my carpet and my partner's just getting up going, oh my gosh, what can I do? What do I have to do? And I'm like, can, can you just get me a towel, please? Because, like, I don't want to clean up the carpet. Yeah. So um, he was just quite funny. I think he just started to go like, oh, and he's like, I know we're doing this at home, but for my own peace of mind, can I just get the car out just in case we have to go anywhere? I'm like, you know what? If that's going to calm your mind, mm. sure. Get the car can out. I, I don't here? care, but we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry, I, okay. yeah, I realised we hadn't heard about like any prep that your partner had been doing. Like, what? How was he feeling about everything? Um like knowing now um I think he and look it's hard because it depends on your opinion of the situation but mm-hmm. for me birth is obviously a woman's space but then your partner can be your mountain you know your man can be your mountain and hold space for you and protect you I think he did feel um not a little left out of the situation but I think he felt a little mm-hmm. bit like oh the only birth he had ever witnessed was his younger brother's surgical birth. So okay. he saw his younger brother being born in oh, theatre wow. and he filmed yeah. it. Yeah. So he doesn't have any experience of physiological birth at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So I think he was a little panicky. Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. he was just understandable. like. Understandable. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I'm probably being a bit airy-fairy about it and he's probably like, Chelsea, this is a huge deal. And I'm just going it's fine you know I'm a bit like that oh, it's okay it'll be fine <laughs> it's hard though because um, they're so different experiences aren't they you know you've got that physical connection you can feel your baby you know within mm-hmm. and you know our partners just don't have that and you know they've obviously they've got their own layer of fears and concerns and everything else going on with them just as much as we kind of have but I think yeah sometimes there's that mismatch isn't there because like we can do a lot of work on that and then we kind of leave our partner behind a little bit in a way because they haven't yeah. quite they, they either haven't been part of that that kind of change in learning or they just yeah they just haven't quite they're not in the same level as us so then when we can be like super yeah I'm really ready for this and I believe in it but they're kind of somewhere over here still going like oh, I don't really know though is it okay and I care about you yeah. and, you know it's tough it's hard it's definitely I think you said it beautifully then Victoria yeah he was just exactly that I think and he wanted to obviously hold space and support me as much as he could but it was also very daunting and he was um I think he'd just gotten all the information that I had provided you know with him as much as possible and um yeah I guess he just thought okay well here we go um 
No, he did get up and he went and played some video games at some point just to calm his mind and yeah, um, probably a good like call he needed to yeah. <laughs> yeah. just, just normalize yeah, it. I was just kind yeah. of yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just setting up my birth stuff, you know, getting all my things out and you know my teas and my all that stuff um, ready. Um, I had a big spa bath, so I'd like put things in the bathroom for when I wanted to get into the spa. Oh, nice. um, and I never packed a hospital bag or a hospital box because I thought, well, I'm not going there, so I don't need one of those. Um, yeah, so I didn't do that. And as you'll hear later in the story, I probably shouldn't have, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, yeah, so contractions, you know, they, they were coming and I was working through them and then I think I said to him um, around 1 o'clock in the morning, oh, we, you know, we need to go back to sleep because this could take three hours, it could take three days. We yeah. just don't know, so let's get some rest. So I tried mm-hmm. to sleep and I just couldn't because I was just being like, I think I was a bit overcome and surprised by the way that a surge feels and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had spent a lot of time in my pregnancy going th- really heavily down the hypnobirthing path, which I think is beautiful, but I convinced myself that I wouldn't feel a scrap of pain mm-hmm. because I just uh, thought I, I can yes, absolutely so hypnotise yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. So yes. when it did start to come and the waves were crashing over me, I was going, oh, my goodness, this is a lot. Because I wasn't prepared and I wasn't prepared yeah. to feel yeah. anything. I just thought, no, I can have, I've seen women do it, a calm going within birth. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. So I've texted my sister. She was an hour away um, at the time. She was living an hour away. And I've said, yeah, like, can you come? So she packed her kids up and came, dropped them off at my parents' farm first. And yeah, she was there at 7.30 in the morning. So I'd already been in, in labor for like eight and a half hours at this point. And it was really like getting intense. And yeah. I got in the pool, um, in the pool, sorry, in the spa when she got there. She helped fill everything <laughs> up. She was, like, really great. Um, yeah, I laboured um, in, like, in the pool a lot. And I think we got to 8, 9 o'clock and I'm just, like, not coping at all mm-hmm. <laughs> with these surges. Um, just And just, like, I felt like... Um, I felt like I wanted someone to save me. I wanted to sleep because I've been laboring all through the night. And yeah, yeah, then I'd go like into the bedroom. And I remember at one point laying down and just looking at my sister, holding her hand and saying, please save me. Please God Mm. save me. I just want to sleep. I can't do this. And I think as well, like now I had so much trapped trauma in my body that I hadn't worked through from the assault. And that was all showing and rearing its face through the birth so I think that's honestly what made it so unbearable was just all these emotions were coming up oh yeah um yeah time was going on I look time obviously doesn't exist when you're in that portal of birth does it because you don't check the time constantly (laughs) um I started to just think like I can't I can't do this and in my mind I wanted a, quite a few times to say to my sister, oh, can you ring my midwife? Oh, and my midwife had tried to call me because I was meant to be at that meeting but she oh, never yes, showed up. So she God, had tried yeah. to ring, going, yeah, where are you? Yeah. Is everything okay? Yeah. And because I'd had a car accident um, when I was about 26 weeks pregnant, she was quite concerned that I'd had another, like, vehicle accident. So oh. she's ringing, ringing, trying to get a hold of me. Yeah. And I'm just not oh. answering because I'm like, 
birthing this baby, right? Yeah, you're busy. Um, yeah. I'm busy, yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Um, yeah, so um, I think my sister could see the look on my face and the look on my face was, I want someone to save me. I want to go to the hospital. And I didn't want to be the first one to suggest it because I didn't want, in my eyes, and it's not at all failing ever if you transfer, but in my eyes I felt like I had failed because I'd talked the talk, you know, yeah. I'd been so mm-hmm. high on this high horse and yeah, so she suggested it. So she rang and I think that was around just before two o'clock in the afternoon. So it had almost been 16 hours Yeah, and yeah, like it was a lot and it was, yeah. And I'd already been pushing, bearing down for four hours. Oh, wow. um, now mm. I know it's because he had a double nuchal hand. Oh, okay. But I just felt okay. this pressure. And yeah. so I'd been like kind of not like full pushing but bearing down a bit and going, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> that feeling like, uh. yeah. and nothing's happening and I'm going like, oh, oh, my gosh. So anyway, so she's rang them. They've then organised this whole team to come out and organise an ambulance. and. I didn't want an ambulance because at the time I was volunteering for the ambulance service and I knew that I would know somebody and I was still very conscious about my body and just feeling like I don't want anyone to touch me. And so I remember just saying, Georgia, my sister's name's Georgia. I said, Georgia, can you please just put some like knickers on me and a jumper? And she said, oh, chill, I don't think you're going to need them. And I was like, no, no, please, please, please. So she did. Um, And they put me in the back of the car that I said didn't need to be gotten out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, in that time my partner had, like, lined the whole back because it was a brand-new pickup truck, mind oh, you, like no. a few months old. <laughs> so he had lined it all with, like, sheets, towels, puppy pads, dropped, like, a tablecloth, yeah. like, all this stuff and <laughs> packed some stuff very quickly because I hadn't packed anything and off we went. Yeah, um, yeah and it was um, – there was, like, a few hundred kilometres worth of roadworks at the time, so – to travel anywhere would take a long time because they dug up the whole road. Oh god! And he got to the first <sighs> lot of yeah. no. He got to the first lot of roadworks, oh and he god. said to the road worker, "Mate, I have to go. My partner's in the back giving birth." And he's like, "Oh, you can't really go. There's like trucks coming." And yeah, my partner just said, "I just got to go." So he's like, "Oh god!" Weaving in oh and out gosh. of traffic <laughs> on these like what was a bitumen road, but is a dirt road because they're digging it up and redoing it, and it yeah. was like Dukes of Hazard. And yes. I'm in the back, like <laughs> holding on to the headrest. Oh my like, goodness! Just screaming my head off, like going through mm-hmm. these surges that were getting so close. Like, yeah. yeah. In hindsight, um, I was actually in transition when I was obviously at the house begging for mercy right but I didn't know that at the time and it was funny because when we had gotten up when my waters had break I had said to my partner right I'm gonna go through this thing called transition and you've just got to keep me calm Mm. I'm gonna want to escape I'm gonna want to go to hospital but just remind me it's okay and I think that's exactly what happened but I didn't recognize it yeah (laughs) so Mm. so we're going on this journey um Dukes of Hazard style and we got to the next town and I could feel a head coming and I thought oh my gosh I'm gonna give birth in this car yeah and yeah I'm like vomiting into this bucket that he's giving me and he's like reaching his hand back and patting me he's going it's all right love you doing a good oh, job God. just focus on what you need to do and he's like driving you know like through through all these road works and by this time the first road worker had radioed through 
I don't know, the next 20 kilometres down to the next road worker and said, oh, this bloke's coming in a black U, you know, you need to let him through. So, like, they're stopping traffic and, like, oh, waving wow. us through. It was oh, this wow. whole epic. So good. My yeah, God. it was like a movie. It was yeah, crazy. It I was sounds like, like what like is going on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, then I could see an ambulance coming and I just said, oh, pull over. Like, yeah, I think this is for us. Mm. And um mm. Then the whole team showed up. So the obstetrician, um, my midwife that I had and a spare midwife um, and a female ambulance officer came around um, the side of the car and I thought she was had a mask to put on my face because of the whole COVID situation. I know in a lot of mm. places you had to birth with a mask on. Yeah, and God. I'm not an aggressive person, but I remember just screaming at her and just saying, do not put that mask on me. And mm. she's like, oh, no, 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 love, it's my scrubs. And I was like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I thought yeah, I was like yeah. really embarrassed. And I felt awful that I'd yelled, but I just was so fearful that they were going to try and mask me up. So um, Of course. And you got so much adrenaline yeah. pumping around. <gasps> oh, yeah. My baby's head is like coming out right at this there. point. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, right there on the side yeah. of the road, you know, like the door's been open at this point. My knickers had been, you know, pulled down like oh. – I've pulled mm. off my jumper because it was so hot and, mm-hmm. you know, there's cars driving past. This is like quite a, this is a, a main yeah. roadway, like yeah, not, yeah. not quite a highway, but like a main thoroughfare. And, mm. um, yeah. And the, the obstetrician said to me, she said, sorry, Chelsea, but, um, you know, you're, you're on the side of the road. I'm not going to let you, you bleed out here. And that was just obviously their policies and her fear. Mm-hmm. And my sister kind of jumped in and was like, no, 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 hang on. Because she knew that she was going to put a, um, cannula in my vein and and give Mm -hmm. me a dose of pitocin and that was what I had said no to in the birth plan yeah um but my sister kind of got you know pushed out of the way and so a cannula went in my vein when my baby's head's like half coming out and goodness sake yeah Mm um the midwife was trying to call over my partner to come looking at this point he was just like far out like I just want to stand back a bit because this is getting a bit much and yeah he's just like had to hurtle down past roadworks and stuff and like (laughs) yeah his adrenaline's going wild too isn't it you know and he had kind of been shoved out the way as well like (sighs) yeah so um and then when baby's head had fully come out the midwife behind me she was kind of protecting me as well so the people weren't just stopping and looking because people were pulling over and just like going oh what's going on there so um And she's like, oh, heads out, heads out, you know, it won't be long. And then I think maybe within the next surge, um, baby came out. But I just remember thinking, like, how is this baby going to come through my body? Mm. How? Mm. Like, I, I knew that that they can because, you know, there's, there's skulls mold and, and your, you know, your yoni opens and everything mm. works out. But my brain just went, there's no way. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to die. And I think it was just mm. that fear of, you know, someone passing through my vagina mm-hmm. of like oh my god there's yeah. so much like trauma there yeah, yeah. so yeah. um yeah so then baby got passed through to me and I scooped baby up and just sucked over their face um and I just did that intuitively and then the midwife behind me starts like rubbing baby vigorously mm-hmm. going, oh, it's taking mm-hmm. a while for baby to have a few moments. And I'm thinking like, no, baby's fine. Like stop yeah. rubbing. <laughs> but I couldn't say mm-hmm. anything because I was just so relieved that baby was there. And then the midwife said, oh, what have you had, Chelsea? And I didn't even think to look. And then I looked and 
Yeah, it was my a little boy and mm-hmm. I just looked up at my partner because at this point my partner was on the other side of the car and I just said, we did it, we did it. It's our little wolf. My 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 son's name is Wolf. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, oh. He was so beautiful. I just, oh, like it was like that whole situation and just like having your autonomy taken from you and your sovereignty kind of ripped from your hands. It, yeah. It got overshadowed in that moment of meeting my baby for the first time because he was just so beautiful. Like he was like a little alien, but I just loved him so much. <laughs> oh, he was so like alien. More, was like little aliens in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all little aliens. Yeah. Branchy old man, and I just yeah. loved him. And then, um, yeah, so I didn't even realize that the pit had gone in my leg, but they'd given me the shot of Pitocin and um, that had all mm. happened. And, yeah, then they wanted to load me in the ambulance and I'm like, oh, no, like Jake can just drive me, <laughs> right? You know, my partner yeah. Jake, he yeah. can just drive me to the hospital or to home. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're getting in the ambulance. And I was like, okay. So they put a um, uh, like a bowl underneath me just in case I got out onto like the highway, you know, and the placenta drops out in the road and <laughs> um, just in case, but it didn't. And, yeah, I was just in the ambulance and we got to the hospital and um, – I just remember trying to bear down so much because I just wanted to birth this placenta like mm-hmm. as naturally as possible because I knew like the time was ticking. Yeah. They were going to put the time on me and I think two hours had passed and they were just like, nah, we've got to like pull it out. And I was oh like, oh, gosh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just, I just given up at this point. Like I remember even squatting over a bowl and my legs shaking so much because I had no energy after this like 16 hours of labor and not sleeping and stuff. Yeah. And I just couldn't get it out and I know now if I hadn't been able to go and empty my bladder and if I hadn't sat on the toilet I could have birthed it but they didn't so they they pulled it out but I made sure that it wasn't clamped so that I could have as long um you know baby connected to placenta for as long as possible so 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 they hadn't cut it then they no they clamped it but they wouldn't cut it because I said to them don't cut it no way it's only been two hours and I wanted a minimum of four so I think four and a half hours passed and I said okay like I'm happy to Mm -hmm. to sever his cord now and to release him and I was really fascinated by his placenta and I'd known that I wanted to take it home because I wanted to um consume it um Mm -hmm. yeah and so I don't know I just feel like I was a bit like that weird um like I don't even know the words to use. Like I think they were just a bit like, oh, we don't see this much, like wanting to take your placenta home. And I had like midwives and nurses coming in and out going, oh, you're clever, aren't you? You gave birth on the side of the road. We've just heard your story. And I'm thinking like it's not that big a deal. I just birth. Like people do this every day. Like it was a bit surreal. Mm -hmm. And then they Mm -hmm. said to me, oh, um, we already know the answer, but do you want to go home? Do you want discharge papers? And I said, yeah, definitely. Like I want to go home. So we traveled home that night and, um, yeah, then we were home for the first time and that postpartum was tricky because I had so much like looking into birth and like the birth process and pregnancy that I didn't do any research on postpartum. So I didn't even know that you bled for quite a few weeks. I thought it lasted three days. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that you had to rest. I didn't know about your 40 golden days and about your newborn bubble. So I'm up like the next day I'm doing washing. I'm going, excuse me, I'm going down the street. Um, yeah, and I caused myself to have like a slight prolapse because I just got up and did stuff and yeah, just didn't yeah, know. And we yeah. didn't have, 
you know, my mum works full time, so like she would cook us meals and help when she could, but we didn't have anyone to really come and help. And I could have had my mother-in-law come because she's just beautiful and she would have. But at the time I'm like, oh no, we don't need help. Mm-hmm. Like we're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just like, oh, that's one thing that I really just push for my friends that are having babies. Like you need to rest and you need to ask for help because you're going to make yourself sick and yeah, that postpartum was tricky because, you know, all the anything that had happened beforehand kind of come up mm. trying to raise this new baby and, you know, he cried a lot as, well, I guess most babies do and, yeah, it was hard and oh, I had so much grief from the birth. Like yeah, I just thought, yeah. why did I, how did that go so wrong? Mm. Well, it didn't but for me it did. <laughs> you know like I if I and and sorry I forgot to mention that he was born 20 20 to 30 minutes after we left the house wow yeah so it was so soon yeah wow yeah it really was transition yeah Yeah, when you say you thought it was transition it it really was wasn't it yeah because yeah it was just no time at all but like you say it's oh there's so much there where like you know it's your first baby and I so relate to that feeling of like you've done hypnobirthing you've seen all these videos of women who kind of just breathing a baby out in a pool and it looks super calm and it looks super chill Mm. and then when it (laughs) when the feelings hit you and you think oh my god what's this like you know I didn't think it would be like this you know I thought everyone else was just kind of you know they were really afraid and I was really looking forward to this and I was super positive so you feel like well no I'll be able to handle this you know I can kind of work with it but it hit me too and then you feel or I certainly did you start to feel like oh I'm doing it wrong I failed at my prep like I'm just I'm not good at this like some women are great at this I'm not good at this I can't do it I do need the help and you spiral and yeah I certainly didn't I really feel that in your story is it's that kind of sense of like oh god I really thought I could be good at this but actually I'm not and it's not that at all I just feel it's a shame that I think we can talk about birth being painful without that being like scary or a super negative thing and just be a bit more real about it rather than just kind of going you know you can because I I totally believe like women can have like a euphoric birth an orgasmic birth I know they they exist like I don't discredit that but I think we also need to know that like it can really hurt but you can still handle that I think it's it's more helpful to know that you know I think it's you know because then if you do feel like it's quite intense like you're not going oh no there's a problem or oh I'm doing it wrong or whatever but yeah it's such a shame because it kind of puts you on a it spins you out a bit I think and then you kind of think oh no (laughs) this is not what I planned why is it going like this exactly yeah and then like you say then you don't know if it's transition or not because you do just think oh maybe yeah maybe I just I'm just one of those people that needs help and then it's hard to know and and first time round and everything and it's first time for your partner too and yeah so many things yeah understandable um thank you for articulating it like that because it's that's so true. You do. You just spiral, and in your head, you're going, "I failed at this." Yeah, the the whole prep thing, like, "Oh, I didn't do my rainbow relaxation enough," or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I didn't I'm visualize failing. it enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, "Oh my gosh!" And you're right. It just, it just is like a, you know, it starts as like a ripple, and then it's like a tsunami, and then you yeah. just like, ah, oh, yeah. And that's how it felt. And I had so much grief mm-hmm. around that day, and just. I feel like I got gaslit a lot by, you know, friends and family too. Like, um, oh, but, you know, you have a cool story to tell now. Yes. And and you're alive mm. and your baby's alive, so I don't know why you're complaining. <sighs> yeah. And I was like, oh. I, I have a photo of the cannula going in my vein as my baby's head is 
coming out. Like you can see baby's head coming out and yeah. then the, yeah. And um, and it's just like, what the heck? Yeah. Like mm. that was so not okay. And, you know, my sister tried to do only so much and not my midwife, but the other midwife that was there, she like lectured my sister and my partner when I was being loaded into the ambulance because how could have you supported her through this? She could have died. Your baby, <sighs> the baby could have died. Like yeah. you should have known better. That was reckless and just was so horrible, mm-hmm. you know, and I just was like, oh, so the whole, yeah, mm. you know, after that just. It's a lot then, to you know, process. Being thrown into, it was, yeah, mm. being thrown into parenthood with then mm. no support, half because we didn't have it, half because I didn't ask for it, but then just like you know, all this stuff coming up that I'm trying to deal with and then, yeah, it was a lot. So, yeah, yeah. and then I fell pregnant so soon. Oh, <laughs> so God. Yeah. Really, did you? Wow. Oh, God. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I guess to continue with that, with this whole story is um, um, where, was, where was I at with it? I guess I could feel this baby coming through for a few months and I'm just saying, like, no, sweetie, when we're so not ready for you yet. Like wherever you are, just hold on. Like, please, no. And I'm thinking maybe it's one of my girlfriend's babies, but it kept coming to me. And I'm what thinking, you, please don't do this. What did that feel this. like in terms of like, because I know a lot, I hear women talk about, you know, this sense of like, a kind of they've got that sense of their baby kind of out there somewhere, almost calling themselves in, going like, I'm here, mm. you know, I'm ready, I'm going to come and meet you kind of thing. <laughs> and, I, and I think some people kind of connect with that and others find that so abstract. But I wonder what that was like for you. Like, what was that sense? Was there just a kind of, a, just a feeling or some, did you have a dream? What happened? I want to know. <laughs> it was, it was mainly when I would be laying down, but I could almost sense just baby like hovering around us. And it was mainly when I was lying down in our bed oh, okay. um, and I, and like this baby's just coming and I'm thinking, no, <laughs> please no. And at the time my Nana fell really sick. Um, and one of my dogs got really sick as well. He needed like all this rehabilitation. He's a sausage dog. So his back just went out and, oh. um, so I was busy, you know, I had this this baby who was like, oh, you know, six, seven months old and I've got this other baby I was feeling that was calling itself in and I'm going, no, oh please no. And at this point I'm dealing with like postnatal rage and postnatal depression and I'm not an angry person at all. So dealing with postnatal rage was really, mm. wow, like what an experience yeah. that was because where did that come from? You know, what yeah. the heck? And so I had to try and figure that mm. out and, um, yeah, and then my um, my beautiful, beautiful Nana, she ended up passing away and um, that just rocked the whole family and, she was um, buried on New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day, this next baby, I think that baby just went, you know what, I'm coming anyway <laughs> and we conceived our next baby and I didn't know at the time though, obviously, and within a two-week period, myself and two of my cousins, we all conceived after my nana passed away Oh, wow. And I wow. think it was That's like she had given <laughs> each one of her children. So my mum is like one of three. So my mum, my uncle and my auntie all got given a new grandchild after my nan died. Like oh, within yeah. two weeks we all conceived. Wow. It was crazy. <laughs> and none of them were planned. Like none of them, yeah. So um, that was just insane. And I had been sick with Ross River virus. So that's like a mosquito-borne um 
arthritic virus. And so my cycle had been all over the place and I'd been quite unwell. So when I got to like day 40 in my cycle and my bleed hadn't come and I thought, oh no, (laughs) Uh, it's probably this baby. And because I hadn't like felt this baby's presence anymore, I thought, "Mm." (laughs) I think I know where you are. So yeah, I said to my partner, I'm going to do a pregnancy test. And he said, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Like you wouldn't be pregnant. And I did it. And sure enough, I was, and I was about eight weeks along. And wow. I just was like, oh. <laughs> I cried for so many weeks. I was devastated. To be oh honest. God. Like, I'm not ready for this. My nan. Yeah. I was just still, you know, so still very living with the grief of, um, you know, the person that had taken their own life that had assaulted me and like dealing, you know, with his grief of his, his life being cut short and then losing my Nana. I, I just was like, I'm not going to get through this pregnancy. I just, I, yeah, I was in a really bad way at the time mm-hmm. and it's not spoken about enough. I think women need to yeah. say when they're not okay. And I really wasn't, I was in a really mm-hmm. dark place and trying to look after a seven, eight month old baby at the time. <sighs> Yeah. 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 It was a lot. I mean, I don't know how much more you could have on your plate, really, because that's that's just (laughs) such a lot to deal with. Such a lot. And you're still settling, you're still coming down. I mean, I read something the other day about I don't know that women are kind of in that postpartum phase for like years after their baby's born. Like it takes time to kind of really fully land and just go, okay, this is me now Uh, and stuff. And like you were still moving, you know, like there's still going and, and, and you, when you say funny you say moving because we had actually moved so I'd moved to the town oh, that God. I'd been oh, working gosh. in so I rented out my house and I'd moved into my partner's house which was wow yeah in this other town and so just getting used to you know being away from my home that I've been in my whole life and yeah it was just like hectic so I just knew though at that point that I'm not seeing a doctor. I'm not seeing a midwife. I'm going to do this completely out of the system. So I mm. did have a completely wild pregnancy. I did mm. not at once, mm. yeah, um, engage with the system at all. And I just thought there is there is no point for me to. I don't feel like I need to. I know that my last baby was born really healthy and happy. And mm-hmm. so, mm. yeah, so um, I I love I love your podcast name like normal boring free birth because for me the pregnancy was just normal and boring. Yes, and yeah. I didn't get sick this time. I didn't oh, get sick. Amazing. Like, I had started taking CBD oil and I had started doing all the natural mm. things, you know, yes. like herbs, tinctures, all the stuff. You know, no no drugs or anything, and oh, completely different. It's like I just grew and I grew like a lot bigger this time. But yeah, I um. I knew that to birth this baby and to not go through that, um, I guess that portal I went to was just such a like a mentally and physically exhausting place. I knew that I was going to feel pain, mm. but I didn't I didn't want to be dragged to the depths of hell this time, if that mm. made sense. So mm. I knew that I had to deal with my mental health. Um, and so I ended up connecting with a really beautiful, um, she's a spiritual healer, um, intuitive, um, psychologist and her Mm. name is Tam. I want to say her name, her last name, probably Oblowitz. Um, yeah. And she was amazing. She did a lot of shadow work with me. We worked through the, the assault. 
mm-hmm. um, and some wounds that I didn't know I had that had popped up in the birth. And mm-hmm. I released so much in that time. And I believe that is so important if you are holding on to trauma. It's so important to do the shadow work in your pregnancy because it will show up in birth and it oh, will be yeah. really hard to deal with yeah. and in postpartum yeah. and it will come and get yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did that and I, you know, I ate what my body needed. Like I just, I tuned in and nourished myself as much as I could. And also like, I'm still breastfeeding my son. Um, but our journey ended when he was 13 months. So then I think my body just said, right, it's, it's one or the other. Like you're so, you know, <laughs> not getting enough in and you're mentally exhausted. So like, I'm going to stop breastfeeding. I'm going to focus on growing this baby. So yeah. yeah. yeah um, I have not much else to say about that pregnancy except for the most important bit was obviously doing the shadow work and dealing with, you know, my mental health and nourishing myself. I Mm. took um, beef organ capsules and I listened to a lot of audio books too. So I listened to, um, I think it's called Birthing Birth or Birthing at Home on Your Own Terms or something by Heather Baker. I'm sorry, Heather, if I've butchered the name (laughs) of your book, but I think you all know what book I'm talking about. And um, um, Childbirth as a Rite of Passage or something by Rachel Reed. Yeah, Yeah, I listened to those books and they were just amazing for me. Um, I felt like, okay, well, I can deal with anything that arises, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if it shows up in birth. So, yeah. I think um, that's it, isn't it? Because there's so much focus on, like you were talking about earlier, the the beautiful hypnobirthing birth, but actually getting under the skin of it. It's like, can you handle what is going to unfold? Mm -hmm. Like that's the work that is so often missing or just not acknowledged. And, you know, you've come through this immense experience of going, shit, that wasn't quite (laughs) what I thought it was going to be. And now knowing I have to be able to just deal with what happens um, and, you know, really filling yourself up with those tools to just be not to, not to be OK with whatever happens, but to know that you can handle it. Because how often is that message, um, you know, not brought to women that you that you mm. can handle what yeah. is going to happen? Yeah. You're capable, yeah. you're strong you, and it's OK if it feels painful, you can yeah. deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you and you know, you're a sovereign being. You can make your own choices. Um, you don't have to hand over your power constantly to somebody else, to a care provider, to anybody. It could be to your mother. You don't have to hand over, you know, your – you don't have to explain yourself to anybody either, you know. And I think mm-hmm. if you inform yourself so that if anything is to happen for any reason, which through physiological birth I feel like it's so rare if it's understood, but if anything is to actually – happen that you can take responsibility and you can hold just you know like mm. you can make those choices for yourself and for your baby and you don't yes. have to have anyone coming in to save you or to mm. rescue the day you know mm-hmm. like I think we're living in a world where we're very um we want to blame somebody for everything don't we you know we don't want to be held accountable for anything and I think that's so important to know that it, every choice that you make is your choice you can Mm -hmm. change you can change your own narrative yeah Yeah. you can you know undo your birth lineage you can you can change the you know the story in the family and that's just what I thought I had to do because I was a surgical birth and my whole life I believed that oh I was never going to be born because I my mum gestated to 42 weeks so they cut me open they cut my mum open and, and pulled me out and so in my head, before I became informed, I thought, 
oh, well, I would have just stayed in there forever and my mum would have died, you know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't know any different. And my mum at the time didn't know any different to make a different choice. So, yeah, yeah, you know, um, going from being brought up with that to then making these choices was a long journey. Oh, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Story medicine, you know, listening to other women's stories of free birth and just like you say, normal, boring free birth yeah, <laughs> it's just as simple as that isn't it yeah, yeah. but it, so, you know it's yeah. it's a tough thing to do like it is scary to kind of realize that you you are responsible for these choices because really we don't want to do that we kind of do want to give that responsibility to someone else because there's something as big yeah. as our pregnancy we kind of want to go oh no you deal with it no you know you tell me what yeah, to do yeah it's not my problem <laughs> yeah, definitely like you know you're the ones with the expertise like you know I want to you kind of want to trust someone else because it is scary stepping into that and kind of going well no it's your choice to make you know and but I think there's a lot with that like you say that's really powerful to be able to recognize that and to actually kind of embrace it and to accept that there's you know that doesn't mean you need to make the perfect decision with every move you make you know there can there's still a huge unknown you know there's an unknown with birthing home unassisted there's an unknown with being in hospital you know but there's choices we make that feel better to us I feel and and I think that's that's the road to follow I think that's where the the kind of sweet spot is but yeah but it's hard It's, it's not an easy choice to make it's quite difficult going I'm going to make conscious decisions about this. I think really yeah. women do kind of prefer to go, no, you tell me what's best, you know. Yes, and, yes, and, definitely. And we know that's yeah. not always best, you know, because we don't know where that leads and that's not always what's best for us because there's policies, there's people who have had, yeah, their own experiences, their own history, their own fears. It all comes into it. But yeah, so so glad you had that realization and everything and you were yeah. really stepping into that that's great how did your how did your partner feel about stepping away completely from like everything you know all appointments and stuff was he happy with that yeah yeah um I'll be honest he wasn't he would he really wanted the um the 20 week anatomy mm-hmm. scan okay. and I didn't want to expose myself at all, all my baby really most importantly my baby to any kind of sonar at all you know mm. once I looked into it I just thought there is no way and I kind of tried to sit him down and say okay if we do have this 20-week anatomy scan and there is something quote-unquote wrong mm-hmm. with our baby what are we going to do yeah because mm. I'm not there is no way I will terminate, especially at that mm. amount of time. And he said, mm. oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I guess well, we could be more prepared. And I said, well, that's true. And mm. I hear you and I understand your point of view. But it was hard because I, I got it. I understood. He wanted to make sure everything was okay. You mm. know, he's I don't want the baby to come out like a squid. I'm like, it's not going to be a squid. It's going to be fine. You know, <laughs> like... <laughs> I just, I get it, but I also was very much like, this is my body. Yeah. This is my baby. I have to claim this back. Yeah. This is mine yeah. to claim back this time. And it wasn't an ego trip or anything. It was just like, I know that everything's okay. And I said mm. to him, I don't even know how to explain it except for I just know that it's okay. Yeah. And he had to work through that. But I think he trusted me enough to just go, all right, well, let her go yeah (laughs) and and we were so busy you know dealing with like you know baby growing up and Mm. 
Yeah, yeah very so I busy. think he just, yes. yeah, you You're know, so I mean, I know busy. it's just people. And I did go back to work as well. I was back oh, at wow. work when my Whoa. son turned nine months old. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Gosh. to try and just, you know, make ends meet and everything. And, yeah, um, yeah and, um, yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, for women, like, it's okay you know, because I hear it a lot, like, oh, I'd love to do that, but my husband said I can't. And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I don't think you like what I'm going to have to say next. But, yeah, so I feel like if it's obviously important to have that conversation with your partner and to mm-hmm. try and get them on the same page as you, but also remembering that you are sovereign being mm-hmm. as your own. You know, you don't belong to anybody else. It's, it's really, it's a really, really hard spot, isn't it, to be in? It's despair. Like, you just have to say, look, I love you, but I have, this is something I have to do and I need you to mm-hmm. be next to me because, you know, in all of the preparation that we can do alongside our partners, we've said already, you know, they're not the ones growing the baby. And yes, it is their child as well. And their role is so different. I feel that, you know, really... They sh- I don't believe it's our partner's job to be learning all the ins and the outs of how birth works, but they need to trust mm. us that we know what we're doing, that we can make this decision yes. and that we've got it. And that, and then we can ask them if we need support with anything. But, you know, we are the ones going through this experience. Please mm. come on board with that. That would be mm. amazing because I want us to be on the yeah. same page. But equally, you know, it's something I have to do and mm. I'll get support from somewhere else if you can't be that person. If I have but, to. You know, I really want you to yeah. be, please. Mm. You know? yeah, 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 please, yeah. And you're so rightly only, like, you, you can find support elsewhere, but it's so, you obviously want your man there and, you know, yeah. the, the father of your baby and, you know, men can be, like I said, such a strong mountain for yeah. you in that space. Yeah. They just need to have some guidance into how. So yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we we got to, um, I, I you know, I went past my forty week date, and I'm like, I really wanted to get to forty two weeks just to prove a mm. point, <laughs> just to, just to show like it is okay. You yeah. know, I, I think that was a bit of me just being a, a you know a little bit like trying to prove things at that point Mm -hmm. but I got to 41 weeks and you know every day I just say to baby you you know you're not under any pressure you 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 come Mm -hmm. when you need to and there was times through my pregnancy that I would I would go oh um you know are you actually okay in there and I just felt like I heard this little voice go I'm okay mama don't stress I'm okay Mm. like you don't you know you don't need to panic yeah and so I go okay just release Chelsea um I did a lot of work around fear because through the end of my pregnancy I knew my baby was transverse probably not 80 percent of the time and one of my biggest fears was like you can't birth a transverse baby like what is going to go on and then um I was at my family farm and my si- I laid back and my sister felt and she's going like, oh, yeah, there's something like different going on in there, isn't there? And I thought like, oh, what the heck, you know, is going mm. on? So I went home and I just became a sponge for belly mapping, for breech birth, like what to do mm. if your baby's transverse. And I belly mapped and I discovered that my baby Amazing. was very comfortably breached, oh, very, okay. very comfortably breached, yeah. So head mm. under the rib cage, the right rib cage, yeah, and no plan of moving. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. baby would if I like if I stood up or laid down in a position, baby would then just like 
go on their side, you know, yeah. like transverse. And I'm thinking like this goes against everything in the system, right? Like oh, that would be yeah. that would be a scheduled <laughs> cesarean at Ooh, 38 yes. weeks. Like boom, theatre, let's go. So I just, I had to, I reached out to a lot of ladies on like Facebook forums and stuff in the free birth community and they've just like given me so much validation for the way I was feeling but also so much knowledge and um, I guess story medicine, like I said again, like, oh, you know, this happened to me but then, you know, baby was this or baby flipped and it's okay and I I started to become obsessed with doing like spinning babies. And then I thought, why am I doing this? Because I'm pathologizing yes. my baby. I'm doing exactly what I tell people not to do. Yeah. And yeah, so I just had to really try and release that because I'm thinking, you know what, baby will do whatever baby needs to do. So I went out to my partner and I said, honey, I think the baby's breached. Like this is after I'd really figured out that baby was quite snug breach and he said oh what does that mean and I said well it means you know heads up feet are down and he said oh I think this sounds like an important conversation to have can we have it later because he was busy and I Mm -hmm. said yeah sure and we just never got to have it we never got to have that conversation (laughs) okay (laughs) we needed to because (laughs) so yeah like I said I got to 41 weeks put my my toddler to bed did my nighttime routine I was exhausted I'd had a nap that day and I laid down I was texting one of my girlfriends and I'd started being hit with these surges and they felt different to like, you know, your practice surges through Mm. your pregnancy and that. And I just thought, oh dear, it's the same thing again. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm not going to get any sleep. Like (laughs) surely I'm not in labor. Surely I'm not in labor. Mm. And I was texting my girlfriend and she's going, you just need to rest because if it is, you know, I don't want you to get tired like you did last time. And I'm like, oh, so I've gotten up and, you know, I've gone to the toilet and I started getting the cold shivers and I hadn't had that with Wolf's birth um, and labour. So I Googled it, like Dr. Google, you know, teaches you everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it comes up that, oh, yeah, cold shivers is an early sign of labour and I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> I just want to sleep first. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I put like a jumper on and some socks and I'm like going back and forth from the bathroom I'm just kind of like flicking through Instagram I'll text my like tr- to try and keep myself distracted right mm-hmm. like not for any other reason and I had written a to-do list right before my <laughs> surges had started for the next day and one of the things on the to-do list was to set up the birth space mm-hmm. um so that wasn't set up uh, so I text my sister and she had moved three hours away at this point so I text her and I said I'm pretty sure I'm in labor and it was like quarter to midnight at that point, you know, so there was, I thought she's not going to be awake. And um, I've gone back to the bedroom and it's pouring with rain. So I'm like listening to the rain and I'm just working through these surges, but they're coming really like fast, but they felt so different to Mm. my first birth. Like I can't even explain it. It was completely different. And it woke my partner up because he'd been sleeping in the, in the next room and he came in and said, oh, is this the start of something? And I said, yeah, I think it is. And that was 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, so two hours had already passed and I was really vocalising at this point. And I thought, I just don't want to wake my son up. So, yeah, I went to the bathroom and I'm sitting on the toilet and, like, starting to pin up, like, my my birth pictures and my affirmations and, like, turning on my fairy lights and stuff. But <laughs> I was really struggling to get through it because I was just being thrown to the ground yeah. with these surges. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to set it up. So 
I've collected like all these like gum leaves and pine leaves from my family farm and I'm putting them up around the room just to make the space really like you know wild and like at home yeah so um yeah and then my partner he came in and he flicked the light on and I'm on the toilet laboring and I'd like given up on trying to stick these pictures up at this point and (laughs) he's like asking me where his toothbrush was and I was just like I don't know like (laughs) what the hell (laughs) this is you know this is like 1.30 in the morning yeah yeah Yeah. I'm like excuse me and and the light just bothered me so much like what the light was just bothering me me. yeah yeah and I said excuse me what are you doing and he we had this argument about toothbrush it was like it's funny now but at the time I was so angry and I'm like going what are you doing so anyway he leaves and turns the light off and I said don't turn any more lights on like I can't have them on so yeah yeah I then just explained I can't set up what I'm trying to set up can you do it for me and mm. so I've gone back to the bedroom continued to labor I've got my my like wooden acupuncture comb at this point like that oh, yeah. was amazing oh, I nice. used that that was uh, yeah that was really really helpful and I'm just like really low like tones like almost mooing and just yeah. like just like oh you know like I just remembered <laughs> like don't you know don't move your jaw and just keep your face relaxed and really low tones and I was just waving through these surges and it was like a completely different experience. I, I don't know mm. how to explain it. I went back to the bathroom and <laughs> I felt so bad for getting angry about the toothbrush incident because my partner had set up the whole space and he'd lit like these candles that had been blessed and Aww. yeah, like, Aww. you know, put up my, a picture of my, my Nana in there and he set out like my yoga mat and, um, you know, like my pillow and stuff. So I was laboring on the floor and my birth ball was in there. And I thought, oh, that's so lovely. And he'd lit candles all around the house. No, so nice. that he didn't have to turn on any more lights. Yes. <laughs> oh. no, your, lights. your whole yeah. home is your birth space. Yes. You don't know where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Just put candles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we did. And um, so, that, so that was great. Um, I was so happy that he did that for me. And the rain, you know, the rain just, like hitting the skylight in the bathroom and that was a soundtrack to my birth just listening to the storm that that had rolled in Mm -hmm. it was beautiful and um my sister eventually answered my text and she's like what's going on and I said oh I'm you know I'm definitely in labor at this point I wasn't in denial anymore I just knew it was happening and as I was on the phone to her I felt like bulging happening and I thought oh my gosh what's that and I reached my hand down because I'm still on the toilet um and I felt something really smooth and I just thought oh my gosh, that's like, I thought it's not my baby because that's too easy, but it was my waters, um, like my amniotic sac and started bulging out of my yoni. And I didn't actually know that, you know, that happens in a lot of cases. And Mm. I'm saying, and she's like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And she was just, you know, she was just saying such beautiful affirmations to me on the phone. And she's like, it's okay. I'm going to pack the kids up and I'm going to come and I'll be there so soon. She's three hours away. She's like, I'm going to get there as soon as I can. And she's like, you know, Nana is there. She's she's with you. She's looking after you. Everything's going to be okay. You're strong. You're held. And it was just, mm. it was that feminine, soft energy that I needed and that reassurance from my baby sister. Yeah, it was just beautiful. I was so grateful I got to, like, hear her voice before I actually saw her. I needed that reassurance because my partner, I think he was a little bit panicky from last time, you know, like the transfer to the hospital obviously was like this whole ordeal when he's thinking, oh, is that going to happen again? And yeah, so um, then I think about 15 minutes later, so it's like 2.15 a.m., 
he walked through the bathroom door and as he did, my waters just like popped and you could hear it. It went bang like in the toilet and just <laughs> flew it everywhere. So wow. I was like grateful I was sitting over the toilet because yeah, it was less good time. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd had everything set up um, on our like dining room table. So like all we were going to uh, have a planned lotus birth. So I had like all the things that I needed and well, not needed. You don't need anything for birth, but all the things that I wanted. You yeah, know, the, like, yeah, like nice bits my teas and all the things and. Yeah, so I just kind of went back and forth from the bedroom wherever it felt good. And um, my partner bought me in my Nana's cardigan. It still smelled like her. And I wrapped it around me. And it was like a big hug from her. And I just smelt her and I just knew that, like, I was so safe. Mm. And I felt like the rain um, just, I don't know, it kind of, like, held me. Uh, Yeah, it carried me through the night. Mm. time went on so quickly I thought oh my gosh I can't believe you know it was nearly four o'clock in the morning and my sister arrived and um her daughter and her son came in so my niece and nephew and they're little they're like four and like three and they came in hello auntie just so quiet and respectful oh that's really yeah and then my mum um yeah, my my mum came from an hour away where like she lives and she picked those children up and my sister just made me like a labor aid drink that I wanted and nice. I knew I just needed to stay hydrated and I was drinking a lot of fluids. So I was wearing a um, like a, uh, what do you call them, like a disposable like woman's nappy, I guess. Yeah. What, what do you call those? Like those things, yeah. Yeah, and just so some kind of pad. With every yeah. surge that came, yeah, it was yeah. like that. So with every surge that came, if I felt the need to to do a little wee I just did it because I was wearing oh, these yeah, pads and I was just changing Love it changing it yeah because I just knew that I I didn't want anything to block baby yeah from yeah. coming out no and I'd already holding. been on the toilet a fair bit yeah, yeah no good idea and yeah so I didn't want my partner to set up the birth pool um because we had bought a blow-up pool um at this point because I didn't want to get in the water too soon um, because I felt like I may have done that with wolf's birth. Like maybe I got in the water too soon and, yeah, I don't know, all these things. So I was like, no, I'm staying out of the water for a while. And, um, yeah, um, I just laboured in the in the bedroom for quite some time and, like, my sister was putting hot water bottles and heat packs on my back and rubbing my back and my partner was rubbing my back in, like, this most gorgeous way. It was so, like, almost rough but it was really helping, the back labour. Um yeah, and then I went back into the bathroom and I'm like just being thrown off the toilet nearly like across the room from these surges. They're so strong. And I'm like in my head thinking, how am I not going to wake up my son? Because I was just like really like roaring and just like this mood that was coming out. And um, yeah, and then I just got to the point where I was, you know, tired. And my sister said, you know, you can go lay down. Like it may slow things down, but if you need to go rest, go rest. So she helped me up the hallway, which is like, so long because we live in this old old home and um I didn't want to have a surge right near my son's bedroom door because I didn't want to wake him up so I've kind of like scurried up the hallway and gotten in back into the bedroom and my partner just said oh is it time to fill up the pool and I said yeah I think so because I was starting to get really sooky and I'd done these like massive projectile vomits and I just started crying (laughs) like so much vomiting happening right and I started crying and my sister had this smirk on her face and I know now that was like oh you're so close yeah she is yeah yeah. but I was like I'm going 
George, oh, yeah. help me. I don't want and she's like, it's all right, you're doing such a good job. But I just knew to like one of my affirmations that was on the bathroom wall was surrender. And I knew that every mm-hmm. surge that came, I had to be like, yes, give me more. Yeah. Drag me down into the underworld. I want to go there this time. Let me burn. Let me go there. I'm happy mm-hmm. for this to happen. And yeah, so I was just in a completely different headset. Like, yeah, mm. hit me hit me with all the pain that I need to feel. Like, I'm happy to feel it. And I was prepared for it to be a long birth again. And then it may have been maybe, it must have been maybe 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe, yeah. And my partner came back in and started filling up the birth pool. And he said, um, all right, it's about a quarter full. And my sister just looked at him and was like, oh, no, I don't think she's going to make it. And I started feeling like I needed to bear down. Mm. And because of what happened last time with that whole four-hour pushing stage, I just, not pushing, but like the urge to, Mm. um, and I was, I obviously had the look on my face that I was kind of, you know, that, oh, you know, feeling. And my sister said, now, are you pushing or is your body pushing? And I was like, no, I, I need to really need to bear down. So she held my leg up and I just went, like, felt like, oh my gosh, yeah, this this baby is about to come out. I couldn't believe it. I thought, how? This is, mm. you know, we're only really like seven, eight hours in. It was crazy. Because mm-hmm. um, I just expected it to be so much longer. I don't know why. And yeah. then I just thought, I'll just have a feel. So I did my own internal and I felt bumps. And one thing I did forget to say through um, my, like, wolf's birth, sorry, was that. After he was born, the midwife who had spoken to my partner um, and my sister, she had said to me, oh, you know, you could have had a cord prolapse and you and baby could have died. And right. so then I had this like, which <sighs> obviously is so, so yeah. rare. You so know? rare, and, yeah. And, 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 but that was then my fear. And so I've done my yeah. own internal and I'd felt bumps and thought, oh, my gosh, I've had a cord prolapse. And my heart mm. just like <sighs> sunk. And I was like, no, no. I'd, but I felt like an appendage with it. So I thought, well, baby's coming. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going. And, yeah. What else and then can I you just do? Remember yeah, saying, yeah mm. at that point, you it's know, happening. like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I did say to my sister, though, can you check? Mm. And so she got the phone light and she checked and she said, oh, no, Chelsea, that's toes. Yeah, I wondered. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's toes. <laughs> And she's like, your, you know, your baby's footling, like, breached. Do you want to continue? And I'm like, yeah, of course, let's go. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I've got these, like, most powerful surges just crashing over me. And I'm looking out, like, I'm on my hands and knees now on the bed, looking out of the bedroom door and just, like, roaring mm-hmm. my baby earthside. Mm-hmm. It was so powerful. but uh, And just so much relief also that, there wasn't a cord prolapse and that actually absolutely yeah. was just okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my, and you know, and like, so my partners run off to turn the water off so we didn't flood the whole house. And <laughs> he comes back and he's like, oh my gosh, like this is happening now. And yeah, I gave, I think I gave like a really decent push with my surge, but my body was telling me to. And my sister just kept saying to me, you know, Chell, listen to your body. Don't do anything unless your body's telling you to, you know, listen to your body. Um, and I really needed to hear that from her because I did think about it. Like, no, my body's telling me to give a decent push. And 
Mm. Um, I did, and his like his legs and um, the torso like were born and everything. And um, yeah, and then she's like, "It's okay, you know, listen to your body." And then I gave another decent push, and like shoulders were born. And in the video, you can see me kind of moving away because I thought the head had come out and mm. I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, with breach, obviously, because you get the biggest part of the baby out of the way and then yeah. you think, oh, it's done, but yeah. it's just the shoulders. And, um, you know, my partner and my sister are cradling baby and my sister's just saying, Chelsea, listen to your body, um, you know, like it's going to be okay. Like just listen to your body, like just give it all you got. And with the next surge, I just like, I gave it everything that I had and I bought this baby Earthside and baby come out and, yeah, my sister and my partner just kind of handed baby through my legs and I'll be honest, when I first looked at baby, I just thought, oh, my God, they're, they're dead. And I think I thought mm-hmm. that feeling because there was I think there was a little bit of element of fear in the room because obviously when a breech baby is coming down you know that they're, yeah. they're, they're floppy right yeah. you know they're not being mm. born yet they're still an aquatic being they're still inside yeah. of you breathing through their placenta so you know they're, they're they're floppy and I think my partner was like oh my god something's happened and mm-hmm. yeah so I've initially seen this baby and gone oh and I just scooped baby up and did the same as I did with wolf and suctioned and soon as I did just this big like beautiful cry and the whole Mm. energy in the room just went like wow (sighs) like oh my gosh and my Mm. I looked over at my sister and yeah she just was like Chell you did it you did it you've done it and and I just remember saying I did it I did it and yeah like I say to many people I'm not religious but I just said thank you God thank you God thank you Nana thank you Mm. And I just couldn't believe it. Like I'd done it. Yeah. Like, it had just, it had just happened yeah. like that. Like, you know, it was like, okay, I'm done. And it was incredible. And um, yeah. So like my sister then obviously rang my mom. Oh, and obviously, you know, so I always leave this bit out, but yeah, we look and you know, it's a little boy. So my Aww. partner and I are holding him so close and we're like, it's our bear. His name's bear. So we've got wolf and bear. Wolf and bear. <laughs> our, little wild, oh. our little wild boy. Yeah, so beautiful. And um, I just, oh, I can't explain that feeling. Well, obviously you legs understand because you've been through it, but it's like you've done it and all the doubt and the mm. fear and the frustration yeah. and the shadow work you have to do and it's, it's done, mm-hmm. you know, and, you, and you're a woman and you've just done what women have been doing since the beginning of time and it is like this phenomenal thing but it's also just so plain and it happens every day. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was just crazy. And I wanted to go to the pool <laughs> because I thought I don't want to waste it, you know, we've paid for it and filled <laughs> it up. So yeah. my sister's like walked with a puppy pad underneath me so the placenta doesn't fall out. Oh, and mind you, I had birthed on brand new white sheets. So no, that was great. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit of like good you know, for them. Poo, oh well. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, well, whatever. Um, yeah. That's okay. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of baby poo, like a little bit of meconium, I think a little bit because, like, obviously when they're coming down, the torso is being squeezed so much. That's, that's the it. first bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, I like, I sucked his fluid out and he was breathing fine and I got to the pool and he latched in half an hour, like, straight on the booby and was suckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 
then I was just having like my orange juice. I was, I made sure I took some tinctures. I think I had some fear around like postpartum hemorrhage, which like, you know, it's just that fear that I had drilled into my head from yeah. Yeah. the antenatal care I'd had prior. And yeah. And, um, after about two hours, like my son had got up, sorry, my eldest son oh. woke up. 10 minutes after baby of the bear was born. So oh, he came so... in and met his new brother. Ah. And then he wanted to swim in the pool. And I was like, of no, course. no, no. <laughs> you cannot swim in this pool. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he wanted to eat all my toast and drink my juices. So like he's having my birthdays <laughs> and stuff. He's, yeah. he's drinking my herbs. And oh, I had like all these beautiful tinctures and teas um, from my beautiful herbalist who mm. her name is Julie Bell. She's just absolutely gorgeous. And so I'm drinking these beautiful teas and, yeah, um, I, after about two hours, I was like, right, I'm ready to let go now. Um, I'm, you know, I'm ready to birth this placenta and have my pregnancy be done. So I got up on the toilet and my mm. sister helped me and I, I did a wee in the pool before I got out to make sure my bladder was really empty. I was a bit struggling to wee. I think the placenta was obviously sitting quite low. Um, but I got a wee out and I sat on the toilet and I felt the urge to give a little push and I looked at my sister and that jellyfish kind of book yeah. thing, you know, yeah. like comes out and she's like, oh, it's it's all done. And I was like, yeah, it was that easy. And oh, she picked it up like in the bowl that was in the toilet and she set me up on the couch and, yeah, it was Completed. just, yeah. Uh, yeah, Amazing. that was it. And, um, <laughs> you know, when my partner tells the story, he says, oh, you know, baby was born at 7.20 a.m. and I was at the shop's. He was, not me. He was yeah. at the shops buying, you know, like milk, bread and batteries at 10.30. He, and he says it was just a normal day. And yeah. that's why when I found you guys, I found your your Instagram, I thought, so true. It is just, it can happen for anyone. It's just a normal day, yeah. you know. But it was yeah. also the most euphoric, sacred, cosmic experience of my whole life. And I... I just feel like I've claimed my body back Mm. from, you know, from the assault and I claim my body back from the last birth and just I feel like I've just healed, you know, my the generational birth trauma in the family and my birth lineage and just changed the narrative and it's it's just, oh, I don't, like, how do you explain that, ladies? How do you even (laughs) put that into words? You're doing it. You're doing it beautifully. Like, you are explaining it. And and it is. It can feel very normal and even verging on boring for some people because it's just, like, it's really ordinary, but we forget how ordinary that is because it's been so dominated by everything else. But, you know, yeah, free births, just birth. It can still send out that ripple effect, though, of, of such change, such, like, transformational kind of feeling to you afterwards. You know, it's got that weird mix of, like, both being very that you know women can have that feeling of like oh is that it you know I was worried about doing that and it it kind (laughs) of it felt very kind of almost like oh okay but at the same time like it's really mind-blowing that that was just it because we're led to believe that there's so much worry and concern and things that could go wrong so it's like both super normal and kind of really grounded but because it is that way and we're told it's not that's mind-blowing so it's kind of like yes all things at the same time (laughs) but yeah oh my god how amazing I I love that you're I love that your like partner was just out like buying yeah what did you say like groceries like bread yeah like, bread and batteries bread, milk and, stuff, and batteries because yeah. yeah my sister's just like we're just like laying in the um in the lounge room and I've got this beautiful new baby who's like nursing on and off and my son's like drinking his morning 
like milk and yeah. watching his cartoons like so like whatever watch cartoons like we're busy <laughs> and, and of course you know and yeah. like and my partner just goes off to the shop he cleans up like everything like he it looked like a birth had not even happened he'd stripped the bed he'd like wow. gotten rid of every yeah completely mm-hmm. just cleaned up it was like we had like a magic fairy there he did such yeah. a beautiful job <laughs> and I don't, yeah it was just another day it was like another boring old Tuesday but it was it changed everything and my partner mm. speaks so proudly of that experience and he says to people now like oh you know you can do it you can do it at home just you guys you know oh. like women women just give birth and it's okay and he's Love completely that, he's man. gone from only ever witnessing you know a surgical birth yeah. in theater with this whole team to then it just being like me him and my yeah. sister and my son our son sleeping in the next room yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, it's changed that for him. Oh, massively. And, and for his yeah. family. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and he'll be telling, you know, I've just got visions of him, like, meeting his mates for a drink and he'll be telling them and then they'll be, ha- you know, then they take that on as understanding that, you know, it is possible. And not only that, you'll be able to reach, you know, and like you say, right, yeah. you know, if you, I mean, thank God you weren't in the system because, I mean, if you were... The whole, yeah, finding out your baby was in that position, like you say, would have been instantly like, right, we'll book you in then because, you know, that's so incredibly dangerous. And we know that that's not the case. And yeah, I mean, as you've done, women free birth, breach babies, it's it's possible. You can choose to do that. And I think, yeah, had you had that heightened fear around that, you know, that, well, it's so hard to not let that affect you when you've got, when you're surrounded by people going like, oh, this is now really dangerous. It's so hard not to take that on board. So, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, you know, you have that um, that background noise, you know, and people yeah. constantly chiming in saying like, oh, no, what happens if something goes wrong? And it's like, well, I, I'll take responsibility. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how, yeah, it's like for me it's as simple as that. And, you know, I think I still have some friends that kind of just go like, oh, my God, you're absolutely crazy. But then I found a community of women like, you know, like you ladies who were just like, yeah, this happens. This is normal life and and it's okay. Yeah, Like yeah. you can absolutely step outside of the box and you don't have to do what your grandmother did. You don't have to do mm. what your auntie did or your next door neighbor did. You know, you can do your own thing because you only get to have your birth experience once. No matter how many children you have, yeah. every birth yeah. experience is different and you only get to have that once. Do not let somebody sabotage it. Do not let somebody ruin it. You are a sovereign being. Like, mm-hmm. claim that back. This is this is women's, this is our rite of passage, you know, as Ra- Rachel Reed, Reed says. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you can have that. And, and I think until recently, you know, people in my community would think that free birth is something that happens like somewhere else, you know, like yeah. far away. But yeah. one of the doulas in the area, she has said this, you know, we've thought up until now that this only happens, you only read about it or you only hear about it, but it happens in our community. I, like, I did it. You can do it too. It's fine. <laughs> just, yes. it happens. Yeah, free birth yeah. for next door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm not. I'm not an interesting. Like, I'm not an extraordinary person or really that quite interesting. I'm just a boring old person that gave birth at home, and it's as simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. So good. So, I, I love you so much for listening to my story. Oh, it's been. It's so hard to remember joy. everything. It really has. Yeah, it's been amazing. There's just, been so much in it. Yeah. My God. 
Now I, I really know why I wanted to hear. Yeah, go on, Leonie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just, you know, the overall things, there's just so, so much, I'm, you know, wisdom that I, I always learn from hearing everybody's stories, you know, spreading the word from woman to woman to woman. But just the theme that I'm, I'm is going to stick with me, I think, from listening to you is this theme of transformation and medicine. And it seems like you've been alchemizing everything through the channel of pregnancy and birth and, and motherhood yeah. and I just love that you know it's like we take all of the crap that we've ever accumulated through our lives and and that's been given to us and you know that awful experience that you had and you've you've come home through really like knowing what you needed to do and that was just you know push everybody else away and just come back to yourself and I think that's why it can feel so normal a bit boring and extraordinary yeah. because we're so we're so polluted by all of these stupid things that happen outside yeah. that coming home to ourselves is just so like it's revolutionary yeah. and it's just it like is. that yeah. relief but you know you've really yeah it's like you've taken all of the crap and just turned it into gold and I'm just yeah I'm so glad that you came to share your story with us thank you thank you that just um when you just said about coming home that just made me so emotional because I have really found my authentic self through these journeys and I'm so grateful that my babies both came to me in so different ways even when I asked them not to (laughs) Um, (laughs) because they have just they've given me the gift of being able to give life and to be able to go down this journey and to help hopefully help other women especially women who have gone through sexual assault and rape and experience those traumatic events and to you know to help people and I'm just so blessed to be in this space and to be going back to my ancestral roots and to be speaking with you know such beautiful women like yourself and women in the community and yeah it's so hard to articulate sometimes but I'm just so so deeply grateful for this journey that I've been on even at times when I've been frustrated with it I'm so grateful for it and yeah I'm every day I just think wow you know like it's going to be okay because I've done that and I've yeah my body is mine (laughs) you know Mm, mm. whatever whatever happens from now on in I just think I can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. And women are so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh yeah. gosh, wow. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Like I just feel like in your story there are so many lessons. And yeah, like Leonie said, like you learn so much and your story is a really great example of like all these things that we often talk about. Yeah, you know really confronting like that trauma and addressing that because like you say it's going to come up and you know really kind yeah. of and the, and the rest as well like making note of like people just don't really think about the resting afterwards you know and maybe giving that a bit more thought and of all these course, kind of yeah. as, you, as you talk along mm. I just keep thinking like boom yeah that's something we need to you know talk about more and that's something else <laughs> yeah. that we need more like yeah. you know conversation around yeah. and yeah so thank you so much for sharing this with us I can't wait to get it out there and how old is, is your youngest now? He's seven months now, very oh, yeah. seven months. Yeah, I've got, got so. the sense like, I mean, that's still like, but the way you tell it too, it's like it happened yesterday. And I love yeah. that kind <laughs> of freshness. It's, you can really tell like this has been so life-changing for you. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I love hearing that. And I love that kind of, yeah, you can really feel that from yourself. So yeah, this will just be a fantastic story to, for people to to hear. So thank you so much, Chelsea, thank for sharing you. it with us. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Like Again, thank you for inviting me and for everything you do. and.
you know, story medicine for women. And, and hopefully there are women who listen to your podcast and go, yeah, that's me. I resonate with that. I'm doing that too. And yeah, yeah I, that's the whole reason why we're here, isn't it? Right. Telling these stories yeah. and sharing um, <laughs> our own medicine. And yeah. yeah. So thank you both of you, honestly. It's just such an honor. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> if you have enjoyed listening to these stories, we'd love to hear from you. Take a screenshot, share your thoughts. We love to hear how you found these amazing stories. You can tag us, tag our Instagram accounts, share with your friends, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested in free birth and you're looking for support, don't forget Leonie and I offer one-to-one services. So head over to our profiles, that's at free to birth for myself, Victoria, or at birthwise.withleonie for Leonie. Don't be afraid to reach out. There is no such thing as a silly question and we love to hear from you.